Right, so I'm going to start this morning with a confession. So there you go, you all listen then, don't you, when I say that. Um, It's not that juicy. Um, But, you know, obviously for a while I've been praying and thinking about what what I was going to bring this morning. And um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, David was speaking and he was speaking on the power kingdom and he spoke about the kingdom of light versus uh, the kingdom of darkness. And my ears pricked up because... I'd felt sort of compelled as well to bring something to do with light. So as David was preaching, um, I, I was going through my mental checklist of, yep, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> and, and that. And, oh, that as well. Uh, you know, it's like that moment, you know, when you're praying and you're with a group of people and you're praying as a group and um, they're always the loud prayers and you feel a little bit inadequate before you even start, yeah? Um, and then the person to your left starts and then they seem to do that thing where naturally they're just going clockwise and you know you're last and you know that by the time it gets to you, there is nothing to pray for whatsoever. And rather than praying for salvation for the city or whatever, you just end up just praying, I wish they'd just shut up so that I've got something to say other than amen at the end. Yeah, so my confession is, by the time we got to about 10 to 12, I was ready to clamber across the chairs and rugby tackle David to the ground. Um, only that I thought Marion might kill me, so, um, so I didn't. Um, but instead, what I really did, spiritually, uh, was used all my experience to recognise that, well, if God's prompted me to speak about light and God's prompted David to speak about light, then you guys really need to hear about light. You know, when God confirms that, that's, that's, you've got to go with it, haven't you? So, um, so, in obedience, I continued to study and prepare, looking at light. And I thought, and I want us to look at three things this morning. Um, I want us to look at what, well, what is light, okay? Then, secondly, why do we need light? But then, thirdly, how do we carry light, okay? Um, and that's what I want to look at, because we need to know the answer to those things, guys, because... This morning, I can categorically tell you, you are not called to be in darkness. You are not called to live in the shadows. You are a child of the light. You are called to be in the light and to be light. So, what is light? Okay. There we go. We are a people of the light. Now, light light is electromagnetic radiation. Okay. And... There we go. Light travels in waves. Forget the bit underneath. We're just going to focus on the picture at the uh, the top. Light travels in waves. Okay? And light is emitted from a source, be that the sun, be that the moon, be that... uh, Well, no, not the moon. That reflects light. Shut up. Uh, The sun, a bulb, a fire. Okay? But light is emitted from a source, and it travels in waves. Okay? But then can you see, like, these little dots? Almost. The wave is made up of these tiny little uh, dots. I'm not a physicist, so I'm just doing my best, guys. Bear with me. Um, and these little, these little packets of energy, if you want, are called photons. Protons. Photons. Photons. Got it the right way? They're called photons. So a photon is like a little packet of electromagnetic radiation. And they travel, for instance, from the sun. And these light that come is made up of lots and lots of these little packets of energy, lots and lots of these photons, and they're moving in waves from a source. All right with that? There you go, a bit of physics for you. How good is that? So, the term photon, P-H-O, derives from the Greek, phos, 
which means light. Now, phos or light scripturally translates essentially as this. This is the scriptural definition of what light is. A luminous, a light, emanation, which means it's coming from something. A luminous emanation of a force, okay, from certain bodies, it's been emanated from a body, which enables the eye to discern, to understand, to see. Form, how something is, and colour. So we need light to see things as they're meant to be seen. To understand things as they were created to be. Okay? So these little packets of energy, in the physical sense, are being emitted from the sun, and they travel, and what happens is they hit a surface, they bounce from the surface into my eye, and they hit the back of my eye, hit the retina, and spark this series of chemical reactions and chemical changes that enable me to go, silver lectern. The light bounces, and I've got red chair, green leaf, black speaker. Without the light, this force being emitted from something, I can't recognise what things really are. You know, this power comes from a source and, and is going to enable us to see form and colour. So in the natural sense, but very much in the spiritual sense too. So, it's not a surprise then, is it, that God's first action in Genesis 1-3 is to say what? Let there be light. It tells us Genesis 1-3 that, uh, well, one, uh, before that, that the, dear, the, uh, death, the earth is dark and formless. And God says, let there be light. So that he could bring form and colour to that that previously was formless and dark. There was nothing there, nothing to see, nothing to recognise. And God declared, we need light so that you can begin to see my creation. All right, so light needs a source. The source of light, 1 John 1.5, uh, tells us God is light. As David put it, light is God's very nature. Okay? So John 1 tells us this. Sorry, it's a long one. But the word's good, isn't it? Yeah. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John, John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. We're talking about Jesus here. So that through him all might believe. He himself, John the Baptist, was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, a witness to Jesus. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So God is light. Jesus is the illuminator of men. God and Jesus, they shine pure spiritual light upon us. And that light, it tells us, brings life. Yeah, Yeah. who wants life this morning? Yeah? Yeah? So if we want life, we need to understand that we've got to be allowing 
God and Jesus to impact on our lives. Not just on a Sunday morning, but all the time. Yeah? Psalm 56 verse 13 says, For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. If we want life, guys, we need light. Okay? So God and Jesus are the spiritual source of light. Uh, that's that force, and it allows us, it's going to allow us to discern, to understand, to see form and colour. All right? So we know what light is. So why do we need light? Okay? So, yes, we need light to see. All right? I'm sure some of you will know your houses well enough that you can roughly work your way around them in the dark. Yeah? yeah? Okay? That's familiarity. Okay, be careful with that. If familiarity encourages you to walk in the dark. Yeah, be careful there. Okay, we need light to see and understand. We need light to see things as they're meant to be. So we need light to see right. We need light to see righteously. Okay? We're bombarded with information, aren't we? Aren't we just bombarded with information? 24-hour information now, you know, whether it's images, whether it's interpretations, whether it's rhetoric, whether it's life coaching, whether it's memes, whatever it might be, we are bombarded with information. And we've heard before, haven't we, we've, from the front many times, that, guys, what we, what we see, we will focus on. And what we focus on, we will magnify. Yeah, And therefore, I put to you that it can be so easy to be blinded by the sight of the world. The information of the world that we are bombarded with can become the thing we see. And we can not see things, discern the form and colour of things that God intended for our lives. What did the devil do in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve? He took their eyes off the garden that God had created and fixed it on the apple. And we can be blinded by what we see. Yeah? Many of us find ourselves, I think so, find ourselves in that situation. Our eyes have been focused on the wrong thing. And bit by bit, without understanding, we've probably lost some of the vision that we were born to have. I wear glasses. You might have noticed. I started wearing glasses when I was 18. So I'd uh, left school in sixth form where I'd always been educated in a classroom. And then I went to university and I was lectured, uh, lectured, I was lectured at. Um, um, I was taught in a lecture theatre. So it was bigger than this, all right, probably two, 300 people in there. And I sat where the naughty people sit at the back. I know you can't believe it, can you? Um, and I was sat at the back, and it was at that point that I thought, I can't see the board. <laughs> and you're sort of like, can you see the board? You can see the board. Why can't I see the board? Uh, it never occurred to me that I was not seeing right. Never occurred to me. I thought my vision was fine. 2020, not a problem. But it was only when I was placed in a certain situation that I began to recognise I wasn't seeing things how others were seeing them, and I wasn't seeing things right. So I went to the opticians. At the time, the opticians I went to was opposite Hull Royal Infirmary, um, and I remember the guy, we, we, did, we did all the, the letter thing, 
you know, guess, uh, not guessing them. That's bad. Um, I'm reading off. Go on, I bet you've tried it, haven't you, to make it not seem so bad. Yeah. Um, so having a go at the letters, and then the guy put that like contraption on your face. Yeah, the, the, the big black thing that he drops all the lenses in, and you feel like a robot. So he put that, up, and then he said, "Go stand at the window." I was like, okay, so I stood at the window and it says, just look out there, uh, what do you see? So it was um, from the window, because it was quite a high building, it was uh, Hymers that I could see, the school. And then I could discern the sort of green playing fields and so on. And then uh, he said, right, just look and just wait. So I stood there looking at him, I was like, okay. And then he, he, had, he dropped the lens into the front of the contraption. Oh! It was like, wow. Because that, what was a green smudge was like trees and leaves. I could see leaves. I could see the brickwork on buildings. And it was, it was absolute epiphany. It was complete revelation that actually my eyesight over time had slowly been degenerating, I suppose, to the point that I'd and it had been so slow and gradual, I had not recognised that I was not seeing things how they were meant to be seen. And it took a moment to go, oh, that's what it's meant to be like. You know, we're meant, light gives us the ability to discern true form and colour and to enable us to see how things are meant to be. And if God is light, his desire is to enable you to see in truth in righteousness, a world that reflects the form and colour of the heavenlies. Let's not become so blinded by the sight of the world that we stop seeing the things God intends us to see. Micah verse seven, uh, chapter 7 verse 8 offers us this. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. This morning, let's take hold of that. Let's declare, God, be my light. This morning, God promises his light. A light that I'm telling you this morning can penetrate your darkness and can enable you to see truth and righteousness, the form and colour of the heavenlies. So why else do we need light? Restoration happens in the light. This is a fab scripture. Okay, Isaiah 30, verse 26. This is Isaiah prophesying after a time of real hardship and distress. The moon will shine like the sun and the sunlight will be seven times brighter, like the light of seven full days when the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the wounds he inflicted. When restoration happens in the light, and if you need restoration, get in the light. If you need binding up, get it in the light. And I don't just mean it might be a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense, in an emotional sense, in a financial sense, if it's your marriage, whatever it is, restoration to, to whatever it is that pains you, whatever is a bit broken and fractured, will happen in the light. Okay, so when restoration is needed, turn to God. He will increase the outpouring of light into your life. And you'll begin to see things as they're meant to be. And healing can occur. Restoration can occur. Okay? So, but this is a bit of a present continuous. 
You know, if you need restoration, put yourself in the light, but stay in the light. Stay in the light. Another bit of physics for you. Right, so if we see something as really brilliant and, and, and intensely a, a light, okay? Brilliance as in light, yeah? When something is brilliant, I didn't know this until I studied. How we see it, the brilliance we see, is actually not dependent on the intensity of the radiation given out. All right? So the amount of energy in our photon, okay, that little packet of energy, uh, doesn't depend on how brightly the sun is shining. All right? Every photon has the same amount of energy. Okay? Whether the source is as dim as a candle or as light as the sun. The photon is, because it's, it's a measure, it's a quanta, okay? of energy. It's got the same amount of energy. So it isn't that the sun needs to shine brighter. God needs to shine brighter to, to be able to sort me out. God, what are you doing? Be brighter and then my life gets sorted out. That's not how it works. All right? The brilliance, the intensity of light that you see isn't about the energy within the photon. It's about how many photons are hitting you in a given amount of time. So when you see things dimly, it might be, let's just um, I'll put it in a basic sense, if we've got one photon, and in one minute, one photon hits a surface, that will be dimly lit. But in a minute, if repeated photons hit that surface, it will be brilliant with intensity. Okay, what does that mean? If you're in darkness, and you need illumination, you need restoration, you need to call on God. But you don't just call on God for five minutes. You don't just call on God for that moment of distress. You don't just call on God and go, well, Sunday morning for an hour and a half will do it. You come to God and you keep saying, God, bombard me with your light. God, bombard me with your light. God, I stay open to you. And God will continually bombard you with the grace, the compassion, the love, the healing, the blessing, the mercy that you need in your dark moment. All right? It's the number that hits you that increases his intensity. Okay, we don't need to tell God to shine brighter. In fact, I promise you, well, one Timothy tells us, done it, we, we wouldn't handle it. We'd be burnt up. God burn brighter. Gone. Yeah? God's gracious to us. God gives us just the energy we can cope with. Okay? But he can repeatedly hit us with it. That we can be lit up. So don't pursue for five minutes. Yeah? Pursue continuously. Okay, so it's about being able to see the truth, discern form and colour, it's about being restored, all right, but finally we need light because we need to grow, yeah, we need to grow, so, biology now, not physics, right, we have a plant, yes, correctly identified, well done, okay, right, can we name two key processes that plants carry out, Chris, give me one, photosynthesis and... Respiration, look at this. Oh, good lads. Okay, we're going to fo focus on photosynthesis because PHO, okay, phos is the Greek translation for light. Okay, photosynthesis. It involves light, um, but we need more than just light for photosynthesis to occur. All right, this plant, if it's going to uh, manage, needs more things than that. If it's going to grow, it needs more than that. Because, guys, we're not just called to understand how God called things to be. We're not just called to be um, restored. We're called to grow and develop and advance. Yeah. But I need a volunteer for this. 
Old times, Michael, old times. Come on down. Right, now. Don't it come to summer when somebody you young you like this now can grow more facial hair than you? Um, so, anyway, so. For those of you who've been around a while, you'll recognise, well you might not, but you'd recognise Michael as, Michael was for many years my glamorous assistant. Uh, and he still continues to be a glamorous assistant. Uh, and he's, in a minute, he's going to be a tree. Okay. Uh, he'd have been more of a sapling the last time we did it. Uh, it's more of a giant redwood now. Um, but uh, Michael is going to be a tree for me. All right, because plants need cam dioxide. They need uh, water and nutrients, and they need light if photosynthesis is going to take place. So, imagine that you are a tree. Awesome. <laughs> See? He's still got it. He's still got it. Okay. Right. So, one source, the, the water and the nutrients, where do they come from? Where do the water and the nutrients come from? The ground. Right, guys. One thing we need to grow, we need water and nutrients. They're going to come through your roots. What are you rooted in? What are you rooted in? If you want to grow, what are you rooted in? What church are you rooted in? And that doesn't mean you can't move all the time because you're not rooted, are you? That's transplanting. Okay? That takes its toll after time. All right? I'm not saying don't because sometimes it's the right thing. But repeatedly, okay? That damages. Where are you rooted? Are you rooted in a church? Are you rooted in a group of godly people who are going to stand with you? Are you rooted in the word of God? Are you rooted in prayer? Yeah. Are you rooted in praise and worship? What are you rooted in? Okay? And that's a serious question for some of you guys. Am I rooted right? Am I rooted deep enough? What am I rooted in? Okay? Second input. Okay? Carbon dioxide. That comes through the leaves. Okay? Not the surface of the leaf. The surface of the leaf isn't made to be able to take in carbon dioxide. But in the base of the leaf, okay, you're doing well as well, holding them out for ages, because that hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, should have given him something to hold as well. That would have been even better. Well, you don't like that, would you? Uh, in the base of the leaf, there's these little holes. Anyone really clever know what they're called? Stomata. Oh, he's glamorous and clever. Okay. Stomata. And stomata are these tiny little holes. And what these stomata can do is they can open. Okay? So when CO2, carbon dioxide, needs to go into the plant, these stomata just open up so carbon can go in. Are you open to the working of God in your life? Are you rooted where you need to be rooted? And are you open to God influencing? Will you really, and I emphasize the really, will you really let him influence how you live? Because it's all right, isn't it, to sing a few songs for a couple of hours, feel all right, drink some coffee, go home. But will you really influence, let him influence how you live? Are you open to God? Are you open to the Holy Spirit working in your life? Are you open to be impacted by him? And our third input, again, comes through the leaf. Okay? And that's light. All right? And light enters the leaf uh, through chlorophyll, like this green pigment in the leaf. And chlorophyll uh, absorbs the light. All right? Now, the bigger, that's why I chose you, the bigger the surface area, 
the more light can be captured. Okay? Because it's about the, the size of the surface area that is open to the light. How much of a surface area do you present to God? How much of your life do you present to God to say, shine on this? Bit of it? All of it? Some of it? Because the more light you receive is dependent on what you will offer open to him. All right? We need to present a surface area to God. You know, have you seen a plant how it, during the course of a day from morning when the sun rises, how they unfurl their leaves? And how plants will even move during the course of the day to follow the sun to make sure they are capturing. Did you do it? Oh, good. Okay, to capture as much light as possible. All right? How do we unfurl our leaves? Done. Every time you open your Bible, every time you open your arms in worship, Every time you open your heart in prayer, every time you open your home to others, every time you open yourself to God, God can shine on you. And light, with what we're rooted in, and being open to him, okay? Those three things bring growth. Right, you can put your arms down, but I'm going to need you in a minute, so sit back down there. Legend. So, photosynthesis, it produces, we, we need carbon dioxide, water and light, but we produce oxygen, well we all need that, yeah? Okay? But the world needs that, yeah? So actually your growth has a global impact, yeah? Don't think you are so unimportant that you can't impact the world, because it's not true but we're going to park oxygen. I might come to that later. We'll see if we have time. So it produces oxygen and it produces glucose. For glucose, let's just say energy, because it's a form of energy. All right? So two things come out of the plant, oxygen and energy. All right? And it's that energy that we use to grow. All right? So the plant uses energy to grow. We need to photosynthesize in a spiritual sense. We need to be rooted. We need to be open. We need to present an area to God that says, God, impact all this part of my life. And I guarantee God's going to give you what you need to be able to grow spiritually in him. Okay? But we call plants primary producers because they're at the start of the chain. Because the plant grows and it uses energy that it produces to grow in itself. But what happens to lots of plants? Go on, someone muttered it. What? They get eaten. Because the energy that they produce gets passed on to something else. Yeah? So you need to grow, guys, because your growth is good for you. But you also need to grow because other people's growth is dependent on you. Your growth is going to help others to realise what and who they're meant to be. Because sometimes, some of us are more... There are times where you are producing, but there are times where you need to consume. Yeah, the times where we're reliant on others, aren't there? Yeah, let's be honest, we're not always shining and growing and everything's wonderful. Sometimes we're reliant on others, aren't we, to help feed us. Yeah? So, your growth is important for you, but your growth is important for others too. Do you know, just... As well, the amount... Ooh, hello, I went loud all of a sudden. The amount of energy that gets passed on to others. 10%. 
It's like a tithe, guys. 90% is used for the plant to grow itself. 10% gets passed on. I thought that was cool. You're meant to be giving out. You're meant to be nourishing others. But you can't do it if you're not in the light yourself. All right? Right. Quick, I'm going to show you how it works. Go on, Michael. Right, Michael's not a plant anymore. Michael is chlorophyll. No, I don't even. Just, just be there. Okay, so... Um, but what I need is I need um, Rebecca and Rachel just because then I've got the whole Dixon clan. Okay. <sighs> it's awesome when people do what they're told. Mm -hmm. Oh, they just came, no complaints. Yeah. Right, so here we are. You, you, you just go there, right? You two be here, right? Your chlorophyll, a molecule of chlorophyll, really small. That bit went wrong. Um, <laughs> and you two, you're just going to be electrons, is that all right? Is that all right? Okay, you just need to be there and just be cool. I don't know if electrons are cool or not, but... Okay, now what happens is light comes in. Okay, I'm light. Okay, so light comes in, and as light comes in, okay, it's absorbed by the... Uh, what are you? A molecule of chlorophyll. Okay, it's absorbed by the molecule. But then what it does, okay, the light messes with one of these electrons. You can stay close to your brother. This electron, the energy from the light pushes this electron out a little bit. Stop there. Not too much there. There. Okay. Now, what means is this has just been moved so far enough that a new molecule can go, I'll have you. <laughs> okay, right. But look, grasp this for a minute. Light, even though it has no mass, can move things. Wow. Okay? Light... Is absorbed by one thing, but movement, because of the growth, movement can donate a little bit of energy to something else. Okay? Now, what happens there is we produce ATP and all that, biologists. Yeah? Okay? But that, basically... Basically, that is energy that's stored. And it's that that then enables other things to grow and develop. All right? But what is it? It's light coming in. Light can move and light can change things. Yeah? yeah. yeah? If you will let it, God will influence you, shine light on you, and he's going to help you grow, but he's going to change you too. And in changing you, he's going to enable changing others. <laughs> Thank you, Dixons. Will you let the light of God move things? Will you let the light of God change things? Serious question. Actually, heavy question. Yeah? Comes back to being open, doesn't it? And for those of you that are sat there going, I'm not even that plant. I am not even a seedling. Okay? Not, I'm still in the dirt. So it's all right for you, Darren, going on about all this change and growth. I'm just in the, in, the, in the mud, yeah? Seeds are in the mud, yeah? Do seeds have capacity for life? Okay. What causes the seed to germinate? Water and warmth, yeah? Where does the warmth come from? The light, thank you. So, guys, if you are setting a gun, this does not apply to me whatsoever because I am so seed-like, so not growing at the minute. So not catching the light of God. 
just wait because when seasons come and the light increases and the warmth increases, your time for growth will come. Take that if you need to. But we're also called to do more than just photosynthesize. Yeah, photosynthesis is great. It's producing growth for you, it's producing growth for others. That sounds like job done. Yeah, I'm ticking in the light, I'm growing, fantastic. Actually, you meant to do more than just photosynthesize, more than just absorb God's light, uh, God's light, God's light, feed others, grow yourself. It's good, but God's called you to shine. So it's not enough just to receive light, guys. Those of you who feel that, yeah, that, well, it's a calling for all of us, but I appreciate sometimes you don't feel very shiny. Yeah? You are called to be lit within. Yeah. Ephesians 5 calls us children of light. Yeah? Live as children of light. Okay? That means you are called to shine. So I don't want you just to think it's about receiving today. It is about receiving the light of God, but it's also there is an emphasis and an onus on us to shine outwards too. In 2 Samuel 23 verse 4, David talks about uh, being a ruler. He says, if you're ruling with a healthy fear of God, uh, it is like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. In Philippians 2, 14 to 15, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. We are called to shine too. All right? God's light, told us in John, didn't it? God's light is his word. It tells us that in the beginning there was the word and that in Jesus, in the word, there was life, and life was the light of men. All right? You guys, you have the knowledge of Jesus in you. You have the word of God in you. And what you can do is hold that life out to others. And when you hold that life out to others, you can shine that light to others. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 tells us, the God of this age, so for this age, think the times. Society, humanity. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Guys, we carry the light of the gospel. We carry the light of the knowledge of God in our hearts. Translation Fortismos. We carry, we are light carriers. Not just light absorbers, not just light reflectors. We are light carriers. Okay? And I know you might think, well, what's my role in it? Okay, right, do we recognise that? Yeah, iconic album cover. Okay. But what we see is, we see light entering a prism. Yeah? One pure light from God. Yeah? But when it, we know God's blessed us. Yeah? 
and God has deigned to work through mankind. Yeah? So when God's light penetrates the prism of mankind, it produces something beautiful. It splits us, not in a negative way, it splits the light and produces bands of colour. Yeah? Because actually, aren't we all a little bit different to one another? And isn't that really important that we're a little bit different to one another? Because our calling is to reach the world. Our calling is to shine for others. So that others can see and understand the glory of God, the knowledge of the gospel. But I know that some people are not going to listen to me. For whatever reason, I'm just not their kind of colour. Yeah? But actually, they might listen to Linda because she's the right kind of colour for them. Yeah? Or Steve because he's the right kind of colour for them. Now, that might be what you do or who you are or just what you look like, might it? Yeah? But let's be honest, we all have a role to evangelise. It's not that thing where we can just give somebody the label evangelist and leave them to crack on with it and we'll just look after ourselves, yeah? We're all called to bring light into the world and to bring people to knowledge of God, yeah? But it takes all of us to do it. And I'm so blessed that God... He's not going to shape me into something I'm not meant to be. And I'm not called to go and, you know, minister to particular people who are going to want to, like, throw me out. Yeah? Because God said, I've given you these skills. And I've given you, made you in, in this way. And in this way, you are perfect to meet the needs of this particular group of people. You know? So don't fret. Just shine. And God will make you shine how you're meant to be. Epifausto, another translation of light, to shine forth and to cast light on things. All right? We need you to shine so that you can reflect, or you can, sorry, determine true form and colour. Because actually, you might be the person who drops the lens over the eyes of that individual so they can see clearly. Yeah? And it might be only you that can do that. All right, And that's fantastic because that's God's way of setting his light on people who aren't looking for him. Yeah, So we're meant to shine. It's all right to reflect Jesus, don't get me wrong, but you're meant to shine with Jesus. Yeah, That's the difference between lustrous, having luster, and being lacklustre. Yeah? If you're content just to reflect, you'll end up lacklustre. I'll just let God do it through me. Surely there's something that's going to bounce off and affect somebody you're called to shine you are called to literally it translates as luster fengos you are meant to have a luster about you a shine about you that is attractive to others but it's about you shining not just reflecting okay your brightness a reflection will always be duller than the light itself yeah let's shine in Job 38 verse 19 Job um God asks Job this question, what is the way to the abode of light? Abode translates as home. Where is the home of light? What does that tell us about light? Light can dwell somewhere. Light has a dwelling. Light has a place that it can be. You can be a dwelling for the light of God. Okay, throughout Luke 11, it talks of our bodies being full of light. Yeah? Our eyes being like lamps. And yes, like we saw earlier, eyes let in light, yeah? 
all right, so that we can discern form and colour. But lamps, they shine out, don't they? Yeah? So the scripture is telling us, yes, we need good light entering our eyes, it tells us. So you can be filled with light. But then you are meant to shine out from that light too. You know, as I say, it's God's way of setting his light on others. I saw it last week. I saw Jesus shining in this room last week. Uh, it was you, Marion. You were well shining. And do you know why you were shining? Because this lady here was getting really hot, weren't you? It was red hot last week. And I was just sat up there and I noticed Marion just get up and come and sit with you. And she got her fan out and she cooled you down. Yeah? Isn't that just the shining light of God? Yeah? Marion's own particular colour of pastoral care for others, recognising need and responding to it. Yeah? And it shines the light of Jesus. Yeah? It was a lamp shining out. All right? David said a few weeks ago, you shine when you practice the presence of God. Yeah? When that that burns within is opened up and shared with others. So the final translation of light is uh, hapto. Hapto means to kindle. You are meant to be kindled. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to make a fire. It's harder than it looks. Yeah? You make a fire by constructing it properly. And if you build the fire properly, then it will kindle and it will burn. Uh, in Luke 12, I'll let you look at it. Jesus is a bit frustrated. And he says, oh, I'm here to kindle a fire. How I wish it had been kindled already. We were already meant to be burning, but we couldn't manage it. Yeah? So Jesus said, well, I'm coming to light it. Okay? I'm coming to show you how to build this in your life. I'm coming to show you how to structure your life. I'm coming to show you how to act, how to be, how to seek God. So that you can be a light for me. Don't get me wrong, this isn't all about burning. Sometimes we get so hung up on fire. Okay? Fire produces light. And the Bible's got far more about light. Yeah? Fire can consume. Okay? Light shines out. The burning bush was not consumed by fire, was it? So how did Moses recognise it? I think he saw it. I reckon he saw it before he felt the heat of it. Yeah? And he could get close. All right? We need to be burning to shine. All right? Not just burning for the sake of it, because it sounds spiritual. Yeah? We are meant to be a light. All right? Jesus came to earth to light us, light a fire within us, so we could shine. Hapto, to kindle within us, and he sacrificed himself to do it. Okay? But are we structuring our lives right that we can catch the flame? Goes back to photosynthesis. Are we rooted right? Yeah? Are we open to God? Are we presenting a surface area to him that says, shine on me, and I am going to turn as you turn and follow you to receive as much light as possible? I suppose photosynthesis produces oxygen as well, doesn't it? What do we need oxygen for? By a... Yeah, we need to be structured right 
to have everything we need to be lit for him. That you can be a lamp that shines for others. All right, because we, 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 we don't want to be in darkness. We want to see truth and righteousness and see the things that God has intended for us. To see the world as God intended it to be. We want to be restored. And we want to grow. And we want to help others grow. Yeah, but we need to shine too. We need to shine too because that way, not only do we help others grow, but we bring others into the place where they can start growing. Yeah? Where they can begin to germinate.